0: Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading and award-winning influencer marketing company for fashion, home, and beauty brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in a digital age. And of course, all things influencer marketing in right around 15 minutes. I'm Sanna Oldmark, and in this week's episode, I sat down with my dear colleague, Christian Mielok who is one of the co-founders and also the head of brand partnership advisory here at Cure Media. We'll discuss why preference is essential to a profitable marketing mix and what brands can do to leverage it. Christian and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you Summer for having me.
0: It's your second time around in the studio.
1: Yeah and I think it's something like two years ago since last time.
0: Yeah you were in our first season I think so that's true time flies.
1: Yeah, yeah time really flies.
0: As I mentioned in the intro to the episode we're gonna talk about something that I think a lot of CMOs and CEOs will recognize when listening to this episode and can you just explain what the preference glitch is all about and why this is a problem today?
1: Yeah sure Uh, the preference glitch is uh, something many many brands are having a big problem with and it's giving brands difficulty in creating profitability when it comes to their marketing mix. Uh, I I think today many brands have been working, especially legacy brands that have been around for quite a long time. They built up a lot of awareness through traditional channels, for example, TV and out of home. And somewhere in that journey have forgotten how to actually build that preference, being top of mind, creating brand love uh, for the brand, and therefore is overspending on performance channels such as, for example, Google or social or affiliate.
0: Right. So they have high awareness, uh, but today there are so many digital natives and new brands that are competing about the same attention among the target audience. So it's a new situation right there. It doesn't look the same today as it did 10 years ago.
1: No, and new, new digital brands have been really good at actually creating that brand love, uh, becoming uh, being top of mind and look more into where the consumer is actually spending their time and also where their opinions are coming from. So for example, if you're working with uh, brand to peer messaging, uh, look, look at consumer reports, people are really, really tired of looking at brand messaging and saying that we're the best brand in the world. And if you look at all the reports coming out from Forbes or Statista, you can see that they want that peer to peer messaging because it's much closer to them. And that's where uh, legacy brands especially are losing the fight because they are building like they did probably in the nineties or the beginning of 2000, still building everything through uh, brand channels as TV and out of home and missing that preference part. So they're overspending on awareness, not spending as much budget in the preference channel. And because of that, uh, those problematics, they have to overspend money into performance. So it's really not a profitable marketing mix. And if you want to be a profitable company, of course, it's all about getting the customers in, in the right way. So you want them, of course, direct traffic. If you're on e-com, that's always the cheapest way because, you know, they're going directly to your site. You're actually paying uh, zero for it. If you're counting direct on the click, of course, you're paying, paying it uh, paying for it through branding. But what we see when we are yeah. doing studies around this, we're seeing that companies that are getting that traffic. They're having an uh, X13 on the investment, while when you're doing the same investment on performance channels and you're overspending down there, you're having an X7. So it's almost two times uh, the money back, but it's much more difficult to actually track back exactly because, of course, if you're doing uh, social media ads to drive traffic and conversion, you can see directly branding is much more difficult.
0: Right. So if we were to summarize this whole scenario that we see out there, this preference glitch, the problem is basically that there is a leaking funnel. So brands spend much of their budgets in the awareness stage. They are missing out on the middle stage, which is which is where you build preference, which means that they have to compensate this leakage by overspending in the preference st- stage, which leads to much higher investments that they would have needed to do if they were splitting the budget a bit differently and putting more money into building brand love and building preference. Is is that correct?
1: It's exactly like that. Uh, and it's it's just about making profitability. I think all market, marketing teams and all marketeers should just calculate, you know, how much traffic are we getting, uh, indirect traffic today, and what will happen if we get 30% more, or 40% more, or 50% more on our profits. Yeah, Those kind of numbers should be top of mind in all board meetings because this is where brands can actually get profitable through their marketing. If you are preferred, people will go directly to your site. There's no question about it. You don't have to compete uh, on, for example, AdWords.
0: Of course. So, that's the problem. What's the solution? If you were to Dumb it down a bit to make it actionable and not just, you know, we sit, we sit here and say a lot of things. What can brands do to build preference, to build this brand love and to solve this problem that we're seeing, the preference glitch? Uh,
1: th- there are many, many different solutions to it. But I think the overall uh, recommendation is that you have to get away from brand to peer messaging. You have to stop getting peer-to-peer. And of course, we're seeing in in a podcast called Influencer Marketing Talks, so of course, Mm -hmm. that's one of the solutions. But of course, you can do PR, uh, you can do webinars with your customers, you can do lots of different uh, areas where you're not talking about your own brand. But of course, most of those uh, word-of-mouth channels are really, really difficult to scale. And that's the biggest problem with uh, building the channel or building the preference glitch. But influencer marketing is a scalable channel, uh, and that's why I saw a HubSpot report just yesterday that 89% of all marketeers are actually this year, 2023, even if it's difficult times actually keeping or increasing their influencer marketing budgets. It's just because it's uh, a very effective channel when you are looking at the marketing mix modeling and seeing where you're getting your results from.
0: Right. So peer-to-peer marketing is the way to go if you want to build preference and there are different kinds of peer-to-peer marketing as well. As you said, influence marketing is the most scalable one and the, the one that you can really yeah, scale on different markets across different segments with new target audiences. But there are also ways to, I mean, use your customers in your, in your content or incorporate your, your employees in the marketing strategy, things like that as well, if you want to do it uh, on a lower scale as well.
1: Yeah, and I think the best part with uh, using influencers too is because you're going on their trust. They build trust to their followers for sometimes decades, decades now, and have that trust within their uh, niche. So if it's for example a uh, K beauty TikToker with 12,000 followers, of course her trust within the community when she's saying that your brand is the best for X, Y, Z. It's much more powerful than the brand saying, oh, but we have the best K-beauty product for X, Y, Z. And that, that's the power of uh, building that preference. Somebody else actually talking about your brand. And it's just, as you see what we see for our customers when, uh, when they are increasing their uh, mid-funnel budgeting is they're getting much more uh, results from their actual performance marketing. I know one of our customers actually called it no. their agent for their performance marketing.
0: That's awesome. That's what you want.
1: I think what we've been seeing the last couple of years with brands overspending in performance, it's because it's just a fast way of getting in money. And to be honest, there's been money everywhere. And that's where we're probably seeing also a slowdown in the economy this year. But now with uh, people having less money, we know from studies, we had a master meetup with uh, Professor Jonas Koliander who said this year probably you're going to be more careful with your money. And the preference part is just gonna get more and more important because you're just not gonna buy new products from new brands all the time. You're actually gonna be more careful in deciding which products and which brands you wanna uh, go shopping from and also, if you look at the long term, the big problem we are seeing today with brands having overspent in performance it's they're losing the long term winning, so they're losing their awareness, they're losing their preference. And just their customer acquisition costs are going up through the roof at the moment.
0: Yeah. And as you say, in times of crisis, you really need to be that preferred brand in order to get chosen because we don't have as much money in our wallets as we used to have. So we can't go buy from 10 brands. We need to choose two brands that we shop from. Unfortunately, I would say personally. Oh, okay. So finally, we you say that preference... High preference leads to higher profitability. And I mean, this is, I I agree with you, but what proof do we have? What studies have we done that can actually prove that this is the case? And our clients have made studies too.
1: Yeah, so so we've done done some studies with, for example, with uh, NEPA being one of the partners for this, uh, where we looked at, for example, observation, message clarity, liking, and likely to buy compared to primarily uh, TV out of home and internet, which can be a lot of things. But if we look at, for example, liking, which is connected to uh, the preference glitch or brand love, we we could see easily that when we were doing influencer marketing, that the liking stage was 48% compared to, for example, TV out of home, which was 11%. So that's a 450% increase in results compared to TV and out of home. And also if you're looking just above performance and likely to buy, uh, it's about 210% higher results. So this is external studies that we've done together with our clients that are working with multiple channels. Also for us to get a better understanding where is actually influence marketing creating the best results for our customers and how are they actually impacting both, both for them getting new customers, but of course turnover and profits. And I think for us, it's always looking at how can we make... Uh, our partners actually increase their revenue but at the same time doing it in a profitable way.
0: That's right and yeah and there's also other ways to measure these outcomes I'd say there are uh, marketing mix modeling um, where some of our clients have really seen the effects of uh, increased revenue in, from their influencer marketing compared to their performance marketing channels is that something you could share as well?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so, so what we've seen from multiple clients when it comes to their marketing mix modeling is just as you were talking about them getting actually increased revenues when they are doing performance marketing and influencer marketing. Uh, so I think in average, they're seeing about uh, X13 on their investment. So if they're spending a thousand euros mm-hmm. on influencer marketing, it's about 13,000 euros back uh, not directly from influencer links, which many believe, but it's from organic traffic, direct traffic the customer actually coming back and being more loyal compared to actually buying them through, for example, Google AdWords. And mm-hmm. you're looking at their average when it comes to their investment in performance marketing, it's about X- X7. So it, it's almost double double the sales when building that uh, brand love instead yeah. of getting the customer directly through, for example, a discount code. And, and I think it's... Uh, One important thing all marketers should do and all board is like, how does it impact uh, your profitability when you are having X13 instead of of X7? And one shouldn't be without the other, but how can you get more customers coming to you directly, having a larger basket size, coming back more often to buy your products because they actually like your products and not having to fish them back with getting new discounts codes that are just getting higher and higher per month.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. So to summarize what we have talked about, what would be your main key takeaway for the brands who are listening to this episode?
1: It's definitely look over the media mix and see how many channels do you have that is peer-to-peer. If you're looking at back again to Les at Peterfield, it should be about 30% of your marketing mix into peer-to-peer channels to create that brand love. And if you're not okay, how should you solve it? Because that's where profitability comes for the different brands and capitalize on the awareness that you built up in early years. Because you probably spent a lot of money on those out of home TV, TV channels uh, the last couple of years. Capitalize, capitalize on it. So that would be my final advice. Get some more peer to peer into the mix.
0: That's great advice. Thank you so much, Christian, for guesting the podcast again.
1: Thanks. Hope it doesn't take two years until next time.
0: <laughs> we'll, see.
1: we'll see.
0: If you want to continue staying up to date on our weekly podcast episodes, Influence Marketing and What's Up on the consumer marketing scene, make sure you follow us on our platforms at Cure Media.